reading this morning is from Luke chapter 6. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, First Baptist family. It's so good to be here and to see you. I'm, I'm going to invite uh, Dr. Claudia Rossetto to come to the front. Uh, I want to introduce her to you and pray for her. She is uh, actually a special friend for many reasons, but um, one of them is that uh, she's also from Bolivia, where I was born. So there's, there's a number of us Bolivians today in the, in the church as uh, his, uh, her family is, uh, is with her. So welcome to the mom and, and the brother that are here. And she's, uh, uh, of course, the husband and their little daughter are also here with us. So thank you. So good that you're here. Uh, Claudia, as I was saying, um, serves as a chaplain at Shannon Oaks, uh, which is an independent living uh, seniors community and at Clarendon Court, an assisted living seniors residence. Before that, uh, Claudia worked at Missions Fest in Vancouver. Um, uh, you know Missions Fest, the, the conference, right? She uh, helped uh, facilitate collaboration between churches and organizations uh, and mission agencies, right? So she, she has a gift for that, for that uh, collaborating and coordinating. Uh, I met uh, Claudia when, while we were both pursuing our theological degrees at uh, Regent College. She earned a Master's of Arts in Theology from Regent, but later on she pursued a Doctor, doctor of Ministry degree at uh, Cary Theological College. And the topic of her, um, of her dissertation at uh, Cary is, is fascinating. She researched on uh, social isolation and the gospel. So what does the gospel have to say about uh, social isolation? Some of you have met Claudia before uh, um, because she came to facilitate the last session of our belonging class, which was fantastic, Claudia. So it is, uh, it is a pleasure to welcome you here. Claudia worships at uh, Grandview Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, and uh, again, may I pray for you now? Father, we give you thanks for Claudia's life, for all the ways in which you have shaped her, uh, the person that she is now. We pray that you will uh, uh, speak to us through her this morning. 
we <clears throat> want to commit this time, open our hearts and our minds to, uh, to hear uh, and to guide us into uh, where Claudia is uh, inviting us out of your scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, David. Thank you, friends, for the welcome. Okay, so I'm going to have a support of my slide manager up there. Thank you. So another thing I thought I would comment on is that I was born in La Paz, which you're looking at there on your screen is La Paz City, <clears throat> which is the highest city in the world. It's at 3,600 meters over sea level, which I thought was perfect because to speak on the issue of judgment, because from that altitude I get to look down on everybody else in the world. So that authorizes me to speak on judgment today. So let me do a little bit of an evangelistic exercise to so my next slide, please. <clears throat> so I used to teach evangelism for a little while, and this is an evangelistic exercise I, I appreciate. So I'm going to borrow Justin, and um, so we're going to think of Justin as someone who um, has done all, all, all the legwork and the research, and he has come to the conclusion that God does not exist. So he's my friend, Justin, and we've been friends forever, Justin, and we're at this coffee shop. So I'm going to show Justin and say, Justin, I noticed that um, we've been talking over a long time, and you have come to the conclusion that God does not exist, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Justin, let, let's do an exercise. Let's imagine that this piece of paper is everything there is to know in the universe, which as of 2020 was estimated to have two trillion galaxies. And just our Milky Way on the screen there, which is an average sized galaxy, um, has at least 100 billion planets. So Justin, if this is all there is to know in the universe, can you draw with my marker, how much of these do you think you know? So there's this very small dot. So Justin, do you think that in the rest of this sheet that you don't know, there's a possibility that God may exist? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. You can have a seat. <laughs> so the purpose of, of that exercise is to um, realize that we may come to big conclusions on very limited knowledge. And let's go now into our scripture. Next, go to the next slide, please. So we start with do not judge and you will not be judged. I don't know how often you have heard this sentence. Have you heard it a lot? It's one of the most quoted scriptures, Christian scriptures, by secular people, people who believe in God, or people who don't care about God. It's very well quoted. So where is the context of this scripture? It's in the context of the Sermon of the Mount. Uh, who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to the multitudes. And in Dallas Wheeler's language, he was talking to the spiritual zeros. That is, people who were considered very little by other sages of Jesus' time, by other teachers. They, important teachers would not spend time with these spiritual zeros, with this 
multitude. Yet Jesus had a pastoral heart. He was the wisdom of God in the flesh, and he saw the, the multitudes as how? As spiritual zeros? No, but as sheep without a shepherd. So he was willing to feed them with wisdom and to give them their time and give them such, such precious wisdom. So also, not long before Jesus goes and calls his disciples. So we are in this context of Jesus talking to a multitude, and he has called disciples. He himself is a teacher, so he's maybe telling people in the Sermon of the Mount, what does it look like? He's describing what does it look like to be his disciple, to follow him as a teacher. Okay? So in terms of this saying that do not judge, I've heard it on one hand. We have this complicated, this love-hate relationship with do not judge. Why? Because on one hand, we live in a culture where nothing is wrong. And yet, we are deadly afraid of being judged. This is an observation of a priest. On the other hand, we long for good judgment, whether it's at home. If, you, if you're a parent and you see, two, if you see one of your children coming with a bleeding mouth, with a ble- bleeding lip, and says, Mommy, Mommy, um, Justin hit me. I'm going to pick on Justin. <laughs> he doesn't live on Justin. Justin hit me. So then what, what, does, what does this little child coming to the mom expect? Expects the mom to make a good judgment and say, Justin, we don't hit siblings. So go apologize to your brother, and you're going to have a timeout. Right? So we also long for judgment, for good judgment in the workplace, where if we notice that there has been some misconduct, we want our supervisor to make a fair judgment and settle things. So we have this love-hate relationship with this sentence, and, and in between, we don't know how to relate well to judgment. At least I don't know how to relate well to judgment. And I've seen it, people being used this sentence from their ideological bunkers, to borrow Brene Brown's words, where we're throwing at each other, why are you judging me at this group if you, the Bible says? So we've, I've heard it people, globally and, and from people's groups, Disagreeing. I've also heard it among Christians, and I've been part of some very sensitive discussions on issues on, on Christian life. And the, the sad part is that when we quote this among Christians, um, so it seems that our starting point is that the other person doesn't care about God. When I've noticed that it, it's better when the starting point is that the other person or the other group of Christians is also trying to be faithful to God. So our starting point in our judgment sometimes is not a fair starting point. And sometimes at home, parental discipline can be misunderstood by judgment, especially by teenagers. Why are you judging me, mom? And again, at work, sometimes feedback can be misunderstood as judgment. Just the other day, not long ago, I was hosting an event, and as me being nice, I decided to bring some um, Swiss, hot, Swiss chocolate to my participants. So I distributed my little pieces of Swiss chocolate, and towards the end of the event, one of the attendees, a guest, comes and says, thank you, but just a little thing. It would be great if you store in the fridge, because my piece was a little melty. <laughs> so it took me by surprise in my mind. I was like, okay, you are a guest. You got my free chocolate. Um, so in my mind, in my cultural context and my, my cultural framework, 
That I, mis I, I understood that as unnecessary judgment. But maybe this gentleman was, was from another culture, maybe in his culture this was his way of saying good, but this is how you can make it better, so I'm supporting you, so you can be better, right? So sometimes this judgment situation is, is complicated, isn't it? Have you found that? That meant we do not know how to relate well to judgment. Okay, so let's wonder what kind of judgment is Jesus against? Do we think that Jesus is asking us to stop making reasonable conclusions based on careful observations? Do you think that's the, the judgment Jesus is against? No. Why not? Because just a few verses below, we read in Luke 6 that Jesus talks about judging people by its fruits. He says, a tree and its fruits is the title of, of the next section there. In Luke, 6, in Luke 6, Jesus talks about judging people by its fruits. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its fruit. So Jesus is inviting us to be critical. Just as our educational system in Canada in particular raises children who are expected to be analytical and critical, to be careful, to know what is true and what is not true. A good man brings good things out of the good stored in their heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, Jesus says. And also later on, Jesus says, watch for false prophets. So he's inviting, Jesus is asking us to, to be watchful and to be able to discern what is true with, with, from what is false so that we can embrace what is true. So if Jesus is not asking us to not use the brain he's given us, what, is, what kind of judgment is Jesus against? Let's go to the next slide. So I think that Jesus is against a judgment that comes from a particular posture, okay? And um, what image do you see there? What biblical scripture does that remind you of? Somebody you know? So let's, let's read. It's, I think it's the attitude of the Pharisee. So we know that not long before Jesus said these words, he had a couple tense encounters with the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were watching him closely on the Sabbath to see what he would do so that they could dismiss him as a bad teacher, as another wrong teacher who's who's not following the Torah as he should. So I think it is an attitude that Jesus is against, an attitude that is watching closely to jump on people's mistakes. I think that's the attitude that Jesus is against. Let's look at the Pharisee and the tax collector. On one hand, you see a man who is very well educated, the Pharisees, and were they bad people? Well, I think that sometimes we paint the Pharisees as bad people, but I think they were just people who were educated and they were jealous about what is to be right, what needs to be right. So I'm sure that there were some mean and nasty Pharisees, but I think they were also those who truly care about the Torah. The problem is that in some cases, the Pharisees became more about Torah keeping than about people keeping. And Jesus came to remind them that this is not about Torah or law keeping, but about people keeping. And that's what happens when we think we have figured out this whole judgment thing, 
maybe we have turned into people who are Torah keepers more than people keepers. So let's also realize that this idea of a judgmental attitude is not only in Pharisees or in people who are not that nice, but there's also present in people who are kind. So what happened to Nathaniel, for example? Well, we have sometimes an attitude of dismissive attitude. So do you remember what happened to Nathaniel and who Nathaniel was? Nathaniel was one of the disciples of Jesus, and when Jesus called him, Nathaniel, um, a friend of his, Philip, said, Nathaniel, come see the Messiah. And what does Nathaniel say? From Nazareth, a Messiah from Nazareth? Can something good come out of Nazareth? Right? So sometimes our dismissive attitudes and postures can make us miss what? The very Messiah. The very Messiah. So that's the problem with being having this, this attitude of the heart that is easily, dis, easily dismisses groups of people or says comments that are not accurate. So if it wasn't for Philip... Nathaniel would have missed to become a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. Thank goodness for the Philips that says, Nathaniel, come and see. Come and see. Okay. So what, one example of, of my own issues with this, of dismissing people, is not long ago, soon after COVID started, um, in my work we went on a very strict way of dealing with masks and all these things and vaccination status and all. And I had a, a ministry partner who I really respect. I still do. But after a little while, after all these COVID mandates came to being, she, she revealed her vaccination status and her political stand. And it took me by surprise. I could not believe that that's what she believed. That was so different from to I believe. So immediately my heart, I dismissed her. I thought, oh, okay. So I had all these assumptions of other things she must believe in based on what she told me. But thank God that my Philip was the Holy Spirit who I, could, I had to keep working with this ministry partner and turns out that she's more than her vaccination status and her political stand. And we continued to do ministry together. But I dismissed her very quickly because I associated her with, the Naz with Nazareth or a people group that has a particular uh, outfit and a particular political stand. So I just blob her there and did not give her the opportunity or the benefit of the doubt to realize that she's way more than her political um, affiliations and her stand on vaccination status. And then I realized that Jesus showed me that her fruits, she very cares for the poor, she really supports everybody, she's, she displays all this fruit of goodness, even though she has, we have different stands on vaccination and political issues. Okay. So what does Jesus suggest? What do we do with this in, innate nature for us to make quick judgments or dismissive judgments. Jesus says, instead of judging, give and forgive because it will be for your own benefit. So sometimes we feel that if we choose to, to bring our benefit of, a benefit of the doubt to people, we're losing on it. But it turns out that 
If we give and forgive, it will be to, for our own benefit. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Who's the ultimate who forgives? Is this a little bit connected to karma that if I don't forgive, then karma is going to come get me and nobody's going to forgive me? No. I think there's something bigger. Of course, God speaks of what you plant, you will sow. That's, part, that's true too. But Jesus is talking about something bigger and he's pointing to someone bigger himself first and to God. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will be poured onto your lap for with your, mes- with your measure you use, it will be measured to you. So what I've realized after I had this encounter, this disagreement with this ministry partner, God and in his great mercy allowed me to approach it with a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt. And truly, God has given me this incredible partnership that we have with her. And she's blessed me in so many ways with so many practical things through her. That truly, giving and forgiving truly is for my benefit and for our, and for our benefit. Okay, let's go to our next slide. Okay. So, Jesus, also is, Jesus is also against blind judgments against presuming and evaluating the intentions of others because it can lead others to error based, based on those assumptions. Okay, so I'll read this again. Jesus is also against blind judgments. It's against presuming and evaluating the intentions of others because it, it can lead others to error. And we go to error if we base our, our actions on assumptions. Who likes when somebody assume, makes assumptions or your intentions? Who likes that? It's very offensive and it can be very hurtful depending um, who it comes from, right? We read on 639 Luke. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall in a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who's fully trained will be like their teacher. In other words, be careful what teacher you follow and where your teacher is leading. So... Some assuming intentions, assuming on people's intentions can be very hurtful for, your, for ourselves and it can increase our sense of loneliness. What does that mean? Um, sometimes I have some discussions with a good friend of mine and I notice that sometimes she gets distant from me and I wonder what's happening. Then we eventually talk it out and she expresses uh, some assumptions that she made on some of my actions. She, she made assumptions of my intention between, behind those actions. And when we clarify, I am first hurt that she made those assumptions from my actions. Uh, but I'm also glad that we brought those blind assumptions to the light. And because of those assumptions, she withdrew from me. She, she struggles sometimes with loneliness. And as making assumptions about my intentions made her push herself away from me to further loneliness. So sometimes our, assum- our assumptions on people's intentions are more hurtful to us. Look at my mouse and my screen there. Where's my, my mouse? On the other one? The one before? Thank you. So these blind assumptions of other people's intentions can can be hurtful for ourselves. We can keep this, this slide, please. And so where did we learn? Where, where did we learn to have to make blind assumptions? Where did we learn to uh, make judgments on, on people's intentions? Where did we learn this as humans? That's our thing. We are very good at it. Where did we learn? 
Let's, let's think of what happened on, on Genesis 3. Who was the first one who made assumptions on intentions? Satan in the Garden of Eden. What did he talk, what did he say to Adam and Eve? So Satan made an assumption of God's intention, and based on that assumption, he misled Adam and Eve. He said, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that if you eat from this tree, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So Satan said, really what God, it's not really God's intentions between that prohibition is that really he's withholding good from you. That's really God's intention. And based on that, he spoke and he misled Adam and Eve to where we are now, in this big hole that we find ourselves. But thank God that Jesus came to get us out of that. So we realize that unfortunately, this capacity to, to misjudge people on very little evidence is part of our human nature, unfortunately. We all have it. It's not that I am a Pharisee and, and those people are not. We all have a little bit of a Pharisee living happily within us and ready to jump when needed. Um, and also we see even in the Old Testament what happened with these misjudgments. Remember in the Old Testament in Joshua uh, 22, they are, there's this, these tribes that are taking over the promised land and then a smaller number of tribes decides to build a, an, um, an altar. The other tribes misinterpret that and say they are doing something different. They're building a new they're building an altar against God, and this is a di divisive thing. So this whole mess starts, this divisive spirit starts around that. So then eventually the smaller group of tribes clarifies to the big groups of tribes that the reason why they are building that altar is not because of what they assume, but because they don't want their children to forget who God is. And they don't want their children to forget that they too, even though they're not going to be in the same side in the promised land, they too belong to the people of God. So this misunderstanding and assumptions judging other people is so much part of since the beginning in the Old Testament and, of course, in Jesus' time in the, Old, in the New Testament. Next slide, please. So Jesus, as our carpenter and teacher, uses uh, carpentry analogy. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So Jesus as a carpenter and a teacher saw that the reason why we don't, what he doesn't want us to judge others blindly is because it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, it makes no sense. Sometimes I like to say, Thank you. When somebody gives me an, 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 a compliment, I say, thank you. I used to be pretentious, but now I'm perfect. <laughs> Do you see the, the paradox in that? It makes no sense. That's what Jesus is saying. It makes no sense. You are not, you are not God. Like, how does that make any sense that you can be, from your very small perspective, who knows very little, pretend that you can make a large and blind assumption on somebody's intention? It makes no sense. So that's another reason why Jesus is against um, blind judgments and dismissive judgments when Jesus says do not condemn. So in conclusion, when appropriate, we're invited to offer responsible judgment, but remember that we're humans and limited in our knowledge. And hold judgment with an openness 
with the openness that you might be wrong. That should be the starting point, rather than to, be, to have a self-justified approach to our judgment. And with a giving, a more forgiving attitude, because in that, we will actually find benefit for ourselves. Let's go to the next slide. So we're going to spend one minute in silence. For, for some people, one minute is very long. If that's you, hold on tight like a good tomato. Hold on. Hold on in there for a minute. And um, so, Mona, we're going to have some instrumental music playing during this minute. And we're going to ask, you're going to pick one of those two questions. And you're going to hold that questions that hold that one question that you pick in the presence of God, of the Holy Spirit. What is your starting point in your judgment of others? When you make a judgment of others, which we are all invited with the right attitude and with the right amount of information, what is your starting point? We're going to think of that one. And then another, another uh, question is, during this Thanksgiving season, what would what it would look like to be more giving and forgiving in your conclusions about others? So let's hold on to these two questions. Choose one, and in this one minute of silence, I'm not going to, um, should I be taking time? I guess I should. <laughs> okay, so during this one minute, uh, we're going to hold any of these two questions in the presence of God while we listen to this instrumental music. Thank you. Amen. I'll, ask, I, I'll answer my own questions. I feel that often my start, starting point is that I know better. Um, and maybe my new starting point will be that I may be wrong. And for me, a more giving and forgiving attitude during this Thanksgiving season would be to try to give people the benefit of their doubt, especially when they hurt me. Um, let's bow down our prayer in prayer. Creator of the trillions of galaxies in our universe, forgive us for making big conclusions with very little knowledge. Forgive us for our blind assumptions that hurt and push others away, leading us into deeper loneliness. 
And when we are stuck in our premature judgment, please come and correct us like you corrected Mary at the tomb when she concluded that your body was stolen and missing, yet you were alive. Meet us, Jesus, risen Christ. Correct the stories we tell ourselves and others. Help us join in your redempting purposes for this world. Amen. And may our hearts dare to make responsible judgment so we can embrace what's true in our neighbor. But let's make judgments with humility, acknowledging that there is only one all-knowing God who's sitting on the throne and who is the father of all. And he does not appreciate when we misjudge his children. Amen. You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.